like to know what more about the loving kindness meditation and how that works. I have trouble doing it for myself. I don't have any trouble doing it for other people. Well. <coughs> What I consider to be the most important thing is, uh, first of all, that you are able to uh, generate the mental states of being uh, free from suffering and ill will and uh, of experiencing loving kindness and happiness. And really, everything else about the practice uh, is is just giving you repeated opportunities to do that, to generate those particular feelings. And then the second most important part about it is when you project that or offer that or, or send that or wish that for other people, because then it goes beyond the, a feeling of loving kindness to actually action, the act of uh, loving kindness. You say you have trouble doing it for yourself. What, what do you mean? Well, uh, I, I have trouble saying that I love myself the way I am. And, uh, I'm, I'm not used, I guess, to, to wishing for things for myself. You know. Because you probably uh, are conditioned to feel that you shouldn't do that because it's I suppose. selfish. Yeah. It's an interesting thing that one of the problems that we do have is our own selfishness and a lot of the problems in the world are the result of uh, all these people acting out of their selfishness but if we go to a, a really deep level of recognizing that uh there is no self to be selfish about, then we can see our own minds and our own bodies and uh, their well-being as being on par, no more important or no less important than the well-being of other minds and bodies. And that that is the proper way to develop loving kindness and direct it at yourself is is not from that place of, 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 of feeling like an I and, and me and mine and selfishness but rather seeing that seeing your your mind and, and body as being no different than anyone else's and feeling exactly the same loving kindness towards everyone everyone else and towards yourself and uh, 
for a lot of people, this is this is difficult. A lot of people don't feel that they're worthy. Uh, as a matter of fact, part of the part of the practice of loving kindness is learning to forgive, and it's always easier to forgive other people than it is to forgive ourselves. And so, you know, in that in that aspect of it. If you start out by forgiving other people, if you start out by forgiving other people, practice that and start getting, you know, becoming able to forgive other people more easily, then that's the way that you can come to the place that you can forgive yourself. And uh, forgiveness is an important part of being able to direct loving-kindness at anybody and at yourself. In the practice of loving-kindness, we start out with the people that are really easy, the people that that uh, we uh, feel good about and we like and we admire and we feel like you know they've been good to us and, and, and so we wish loving-kindness for them. But then we progressively move to uh, the point where we can generate loving kindness and direct it towards the people that we would otherwise regard as our enemies. You know, those those people that are, in some way or another, uh, our nemesis and uh, appear to us to be the cause of some of our suffering and unhappiness. So then, if you can direct loving kindness uh, to people at different degrees of, of, of closeness and reach the point where even those that you have antipathy towards, then it should be pretty easy to direct loving kindness uh, towards yourself as well. The wish for the wish for these good things. But it all it, it's kind of a cyclic thing because you have to start out before you can have the wish that somebody else be free from suffering. That has to be clear in your mind. So you have to bring yourself to have that feeling as clearly as you can. And you do that through recollection or imagination or, you know, whatever. But we've all had, we all know what it's like to be free from suffering, even if for some people it's hard to remember what it's like to be free from suffering. But we, we, we know what that means. And so if we can call that to mind, and if we can make that feeling, that state of mind corresponding to being free from suffering as clear as possible, then we can wish it for others. Even if we feel in some way that maybe we don't deserve it, we can still wish it for others. And then in that way, develop the skill so that eventually we can bring it back and, and wish that freedom from suffering on ourselves as well. And at least in, in the form of loving-kindness meditation that I do, that's where we start, is with that feeling of being free from suffering, of being at ease, and the wishing for others that they be free from suffering. And then the next stage is is freedom from ill will, from negative feelings of every kind. 
And once again, it's the same thing. Before we can generate that wish that somebody else be free from ill will, we have to recall in ourselves what that feels like. That feeling of being at peace with everything and everyone as much as possible. And then once we've done that, and then once we've pr- practiced offering that to other people, and sending that to other people, then we reach the point where we can, that we're able to wish that for ourselves as well. Then after that comes the feeling of loving kindness itself as a positive state of mind that contributes to our overall sense of well-being. We've already been practicing loving-kindness by wishing for others that they be free from suffering and ill will. But now, and, and hopefully by having done those two steps of the practice, which are acts of loving-kindness, that we have, it's easy for us to ourselves call up that state of mind, that wonderful state of mind of what it's like to be filled with loving kindness and and to have only that wish for loving kindness. Uh, And then, of course, we, we want everyone else to enjoy that wonderful state of, uh, of loving kindness, including ourselves. And so, so you see, it's, it's always cycling back on itself. And it's, it's kind of a, it's like pulling yourself up by your bootstraps. It's, it's starting, starting with what you can do readily and then moving by stages to what is more difficult to do. And then, of course, the fourth and final part of it is uh, it is the feeling of, of happiness, contentedness, and happiness. And so, like with any meditation, you have to start out without great expectations and do the practice according to where you are and what you're able to do right now. You know, so you call forth those feelings as best you can in the present moment when you're doing the practice without judgment, without, you know, feeling like you should be able to do uh, better. It's just what, to whatever degree you can genuinely generate those, those feelings. And then, too, we start out with uh, sending this to somebody that's very easy for us to send it to. Without judging ourselves, you know, there may be, we may call to mind somebody that uh, we just really can't bring ourselves to want to send too much in the way of good wishes to this person. And that's all right. You don't judge yourself. You just, the day will come, the time will come when you can. But what counts is that that person came into your mind. And there is that intention that even if you can't do it now, you want to come to the point where you can wish for them uh, these same qualities. And if you happen to find yourself at any time regarding yourself in this category, and, and a lot of people do, a lot of people find it difficult as if they don't deserve these things. And it's really difficult to do them for themselves. 
Uh, or the other thing is that they feel conditioned that they shouldn't do that, that I shouldn't want these things for myself. So what's really important there is to remind yourself that that the I-ness of that that makes it selfish is an illusion and that there is, after all, this body and this mind and it just is, and it, it, it is in the same way any else's is, and so it's no more or no less deserving than those things. And it's that understanding that yeah, is important. You know? And even even if you were saying to find, oh, I, it's really easy for me to wish these, I, I really want to be happy, I really want to be free from suffering, it's really easy for me. Well then in that case, your challenge is to come to that place where you wish them for the body-mind that you call yourself, but without attachment to it, and with the, and from the same place of uh, equal uh, equal value as every other being. And so that's basically how the meditation works. But the, you you have to. Remember that you're only going to be able to do what you're able to do. If you find yourself running into an obstacle, then that's a good indication that, well, this is something to be very valuable for me to repeat. The more often I repeat it, then the more likely that I am at some point to find myself having overcome that obstacle. There is the formal practice of loving-kindness meditation, which I was describing. Mm -hmm. And then there is uh, learning to uh, practice loving-kindness in all kinds of everyday situations. And it's really important to do the formal practice of it as well. Because our minds do deceive us so much. And so... You know, uh, it, if you do it as a formal practice, then you get really clear on, on what is loving kindness and you learn to detect the subtle signs of uh, resistance in your mind and, uh, rec- and recognize more readily what's actually, what is actually happening in, in your own mind as, as you're dealing with these circumstances as, as they arise.